0: hello internet the morgan you know podcast network presents balls and brew
1: welcome to another edition of the flagship sports podcast here on the morgan you know podcasting network we are going to go nfl week 13 we're going to do a quick check in on the nba and no wrestling at the end of this podcast i know that that disappoints our super producer Jimmy Jamriska, who joins us now. Jimmy, hello. Are you disappointed we're not talking wrestling at the end of the show like we did last week? A little bit. We've done a lot of wrestling recently. That's fine. It's week 12. Let's go. Wasn't it week 13? Yeah, sure. Let's go. All right. Joining us from North Carolina, our guy. He's not disappointed at all that the North Carolina Tar Heels got worn out last night by his Indiana Hoosiers. It's Chris King. Go, Hoosiers. Let's ride. Speaking of somebody else who I know is excited about that outcome in the ACC Big Ten Challenge last night, the final ACC Big Ten Challenge where the ACC, of course, was victorious over the Big Ten. But the Hoosiers got a big victory, and that's something, right, Mr. Williams? I got to college basketball before you did. It's Josh Williams.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoosiers looking good last night, Uh, getting off to a good start this year, still undefeated. Top ten. Let's go. Speaking
1: of still not necessarily undefeated, but still a good record, that's you nineteen and fifteen and two going into this week. What game hurt you the worst last week, Williams? What was the one that stung
2: you the most? <clears throat> I mean, you could have went with both of them. I the the Tampa Bay. I had Tampa Bay minus three and a half. They're they're winning for the last hour. of That game up seventeen to ten, and then on a fourth and ten from about the ten or eleven, uh, Cleveland throws a. a Laser into the back of the end zone, Najoku makes a one handed catch I've seen Najoku drop so many passes in my life, and then he just makes a ridiculous catch there. but Todd Bowles is an absolute buffoon. Byron Leftwich isn't much better uh yeah, not much to say on that one that one that that one kind of stung
1: yeah, the bucks are just they they really bring no feeling at all really they're just kind of a blah you just think to yourself man they're still winning this division because this division is bad look out for chris's falcons apparently chris gave us that last week and then the falcons proceeded to turn around and lose how'd you feel about that one chris
0: yeah yeah it was tough but they're still not out of it yet either (laughs) that is a horrible horrible division i mean technically the carolina panthers only two and a half games back
1: Jimmy, I, you know that I always am given ahead of time just the, the basic outline of what all of you gentlemen are going to bring to the table. And I'm told that Chris has some sort of LeBron James take, but it needs to come here in the, in the NFL. I would have thought that this has to come later when we talk NBA.
3: Yeah, this, uh, it was a crossover uh, episode here where LeBron James, after his press conference uh, the other day, said, Now, wait a minute. I got a question for all you media people. All you media people talk to me about Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, is a good friend of mine, was a huge part of one of the championships I won, and um, it just happened, what he said. Uh, You all talk to me about that all the time, but you didn't mention Jerry Jones being in the picture of the students yelling at uh, the uh, black students trying to uh, go to school um, from a very, very long time ago. So he was very upset about that. And Chris, uh, what do you know about that?
0: I know that LeBron James needs to either read a newspaper, especially the newspaper article that this was about, or just stop talking about football. Listen, the reason he hasn't been asked about this issue is because Jerry Jones himself was asked and answered in that Wall Street uh, Journal article. Jones talks about it being like, I didn't understand necessarily what was going on or the gravity of the situation. I was 14 years old. I was there to see what was going on. Like, he talks about growing since then, uh, making sure it's a place that that type of thing will never happen again. I mean, you can tell that Jones at least answered the questions. Why in the world would the media then need to go to LeBron James to get his take on it?
1: Because Jerry newspaper never hired a black football coach, I think, is one of the reasons why. I think it makes it a very legitimate question for them to ask when this article that Sally Jenkins is involved in, by the way, right? So if there was more dirt to be found on this, Sally Jenkins would have found it. So this is an article about how Jerry Jones understands his power of being able to influence black coaches getting hired in the NFL. But Williams, wouldn't the easiest way Jerry Jones could get a black coach into the NFL is
2: hire one for his team, which he's never done? I think he does. I think he has had two like high senior advisors or that were black. So I don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah, you would, you would think, you would think that, uh, I think there's, I think there's eight teams that have never had a, a black head coach. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Rooney rule is there for a reason. Jerry Jones
1: is quite powerful. So if we are to believe, him and you know jerry jones most of the time says things that he really actually believes and backs up so if we're to believe him chris i'm with you that he doesn't need to be taking these stray shots from lebron james but i also like just just tread lightly when you're going at my guy the king
0: i agree with a lot of the things that lebron james stands up for he's great with uh social justice issues uh police brutality issues and most of the time i'm on his side but like he would know the answer to this question that he asked the media if he would have read the article and realized the difference between that situation and Kyrie's situation. That's all I'm saying.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. You know what? Let's stay. Let's stay with uh, with somewhat thorny topics right here. Just get them all out of the way, and then we'll move on to more of the fun stuff. I know you've got a, a thing you know about Deshaun Watson coming back, Jimmy. I know your heel is Deshaun Watson. How do we How do we want to start this conversation? Do you think?
3: Well, I can start real quick. We're just saying since Deshaun Watson is back in the NFL uh, starting this week in week 13, I believe is uh, what I was corrected on. uh, He can be the heel now because he is coming in uh, with a, with a lot of questions that need to be answered, Chris. And I know you want to elaborate on that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I know that if Deshaun Watson wants to get past this issue, answer the questions, be open And truthful, which you say you've been this whole entire time. Don't now start hiding behind your legal team and saying you're only going to stick with football issues. Like, no one wants to talk that much about your football game. You'll show what you do or do not have on the field. But you have this huge thing hanging over your head. If you want to get past it, you want to move on, you're going to have to answer these questions because they're not going away.
1: They most definitely are not. We will hear lots more about Deshaun Watson as we move forward. I imagine after his performance, Williams, let me go to you strictly football here, strictly football here. What do you think the Browns are going to look like with Deshaun back after this much of a layoff?
2: Extremely rusty. And I cannot, I still can't believe that the NFL gave him this suspension and he's coming back on this week. Like there's already like, uh, accusers that are that are having uh, that are getting a suite with their lawyer, uh, with their lawyers and attorneys. That they're like they're going to be there. Like the the security at this game better be absolutely ridiculous because the stuff that that's going to be spewing out and and yelling at him is going to be absolutely terrible. The NFL absolutely dropped the ball on this one. Just terrible, terrible by the NFL here. But I think he's going to be extremely rusty. He looked terrible in the preseason, and uh, you know, listen to some fantasy podcasts everyone's like oh you know he's gonna tear it up i don't think so man i think houston's gonna be massively motivated for this game <clears throat> and uh i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised to see some uh unnecessary roughness and, and some guys thrown out of this game actually because uh what is what does houston have to play for so
1: they got they got to play for lovey and you're playing hurt there a little bit it sounds like mr williams i appreciate yeah, you, you yeah a little under the, the weather weather
2: a little under the weather this week
1: all right. Well, we'll try to uh, we'll try to we'll try, I'll try I'll try to throw it to you a little bit less there. We'll save you. We'll save you for the picks. That's uh, Deshaun is out of the way. Let's move on to proper good things. Jimmy, let's do your face of the week, which will then lead us into one of Mr. Williams' picks. It's got to be Mike White. What better way to come back
3: into the uh, starting role as an NFL quarterback than going against the Bears defense? Uh, Bears defense wasn't that good anyway, and then lost a lot of people. Uh, you got to chalk up another injury or two to the uh, the Jets stadium turf. But Mike White is our 315 yards, three touchdowns face of the week. He gave that Jets team life, which it has not had in so long. Uh, good for him. Now, he did this last year and then kind of sputtered out at the end. But really, I, I, I think he's a, a really good pick for the uh, face of the week this week.
1: I like that pick as well. Chris, let me ask you this question before we go to Williams, who's going to handicap the Jets Vikings for us. Is your favorite Mike White the Mike White Jets quarterback or the Mike White who wrote the movie School of Rock, was in the movie as Professor Professor Ned Schneebly and is now the creator of the show White Lotus and is also a two-time Survivor player? Which Mike White is actually your favorite?
0: I'm actually going to have to go with the two-time Survivor player, the School of Rock author... That Mike White,
1: yeah, I you can't go
0: you. you can't go wrong with School of Rock. That is an
1: excellent, excellent movie. Way underrated, way underrated. John Cusack is absolutely fabulous in that movie. Jimmy, what's your stance on White Lotus? Have you checked out White Lotus?
3: I uh, I did have the uh, the chance to get the HBO three months for like two ninety nine each uh, over Black Friday, so White Lotus is on my radar. I will be watching that. I have not seen it yet.
1: I enjoyed the first season. I've yet to check out the second season. I'll be binging that one here soon. But uh, that's a little TV talk before we get to a wave. See, I'm trying to stall out for you, buddy, so you can get back and rip rearing and go here because we need your handicapping of the Jets Vikings.
2: Yeah, so uh, I guess the lines along with uh, with Cousin Sal and, and Bill every week and uh, Cousin Sal had this game as Vikings minus seven. This was one of the few that I got exactly right. I had, I had uh, Vikings minus three. And uh, he thought that that, he he couldn't understand the line. I think it's still uh, too many points for the Jets. I'm taking the Jets here, plus three. Uh, I think the Jets are going to get pressure here without blitzing. And Cousins, after a straight-up win since 2019, he's only 16-29-2 and against the spread. The Vikings struggle to defend short passes. They're 31st in the league in that category, and that's exactly what Mike White does. He makes quick decisions, unlike Zach Wilson, and he targets those short throws. He had a 65% completion percentage last week. This is a much more important game, too, for the the Jets than it is the Vikings. Vikings pretty much already have that division wrapped up while the Jets are fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, The Vikings' worst kicking game in the league. That could come into play here with a line of only three. And when you compare these teams' DVOA, the Vikings are 20th in offensive DVOA, 23rd in defensive DVOA, 20th in overall special teams. And the Jets are ninth overall in DVOA, eighteenth in offensive DVOA, fourth in defensive DVOA, and they're better on special teams. So they they're better than the Vikings in all phases of the game. I know they're playing on the on the road, but fifty one percent of the tickets are on Minnesota, but sixty one percent of the money is on the Jets. And uh, I'll take the Jets here plus three against the Vikings.
1: I'm with you. I think the Jets are a big time live dog this week. Chris, you were pretty high on the Jets back. Do you think they got a good chance of taking out a uh, Kirk Cousins here? Uh, what time is this game? It's 1 o'clock game, isn't it? So it's not prime time, so Kirk Cousins has a good game.
0: Vikings win.
1: Wow, look at you. You're, you're all about East Coast traveling teams from the West. You're all about time slots. You just, you're, you're just so different all the time. Jimmy, what do you think? J-E-T-S, Jets, or do you think the Vikings continue to uh, mesmerize people and win games that we don't think they should?
3: I think Mike White comes down a notch or two, and I think the Vikings win this one.
1: Here we go. Williams, I'm with you. We're split even on the pod here, two and two. I love the Jets as a live dog. I'm so with you on that pick, Mr. Williams. And I also appreciate that you're picking a game again, right? We don't, we don't have a first half <laughs> under. We don't have a team over. I love it. That's absolutely fabulous. All right, we got Jimmy's face and heel out of the way. Chris, you got one more thing we need to talk about. We'll hit that one after we get Williams' uh, other picks. Let's go jags lions here let's talk about my jags and one of the most fabulous teams to watch the detroit lions they have not won a lot of games but man have they've been involved in some good games if i would have just picked detroit lion games for all my tom cruise games we'd have far better rankings
2: yeah a quick circle back here the only game i won last week was the bears team total under so <laughs> we've of had course. some success on the team total you're the handicapper
1: the i just like yeah. to give you crap <laughs>
2: Yeah, man uh, there was there's some some sharp money like mid midweek on the Jacksonville but then there's there's kind of been some buyback on Detroit here. I'm gonna take Detroit plus one. you can find that on Caesars. Uh, the Detroit is minus one on some of the other books so make sure you get uh, the best line there. but uh, Detroit loves the Blitz and Lawrence is 26th in PFF grade versus the Blitz and 30th in yards per attempt. Lawrence does well versus zone coverages, but the Lions will play mostly man in this matchup. And Detroit averages over 30 points per game when they're at home. When they're on the road, that goes all the way down to 18 points per game. So their home road splits are massive. Uh, you get DJ Chark back, revenge game for him. The rest of the injury report looks good for Detroit. And then I got I got a, a, a ref stat here, Lions-Jags ref stat. The Jags commit the third most defensive holding penalties per game. 63% of those penalties are committed in road games. Jerome Boger leads all refs in calling defensive holding penalties this year, and home teams currently have a 60% win rate with Boger in 2022. Home teams have actually been better than 500 for 13 straight seasons when Boger is the ref. So <laughs> when Jerome Boger is the ref, you want to you back that home team. So I'll, I'm taking Detroit here plus one against the Jags.
1: I love me some ref stats, but you give me a Jerome Bogar stat, and I am just over the moon. That is my guy. That is my guy. Right, we got the Lions plus one <laughs> picking against my Jags here. That is absolutely fine. Uh, you know what? Let's give Mister Williams a break here before he gives us his final game because this final game is a doozy. Chris, you had a uh, you had something about uh, the Denver Broncos, which are just quite a uh, smelly mess out there in the mountains. What do you uh, what do you know about the Broncos? So,
0: Hackett had a press conference uh, yesterday, I believe it was, and he was talking about – he was asked a question about the report of Wilson losing the locker room, especially after that spat with the defensive lineman last week. Um, And I'm just here to say that Hackett is 100% right when he talked about Russ, all right? He says, it's all gossip. There's nothing to believe. Russ is – He's unbelievable. And Hackett is correct. Russ is unbelievable. And how god-awful he has played this year. It is truly unbelievable. Hackett, horrible coach, write about
1: this. If you got fewer touchdown passes than Carson Wentz, you're doing something wrong, okay? And getting paid the amount of money Russell Wilson is getting paid to throw fewer touchdown passes than Carson Wentz, I mean, I want my Colts to lose, but I'm also way happy that I am not a Broncos fan right now. So I'm, I'm glad that we got a chance to get that in. Jimmy, you have any Russell Wilson thoughts? I think 2026
3: is he's making like $42 million. This is not going well. It will not go well. Russ really needs to look in the mirror and he needs to figure something out because while he doesn't have the – the mobility he's had in the past. He's just older. That's fine. You've got to adapt. You've got to change. Maybe give your boy Tom Brady a call. Say, hey, you know, give me me a little TB12. Uh, Maybe no financial or marriage advice, please. But, um, you know, the TB12 might help me out a little bit here. He needs to adapt because I don't know if you know this, Rod. People hate him. And it's so fascinating to see that once people started talking about him, everyone's now talking about him including now his teammates, they're just tired of it.
1: Well, Mr. Williams, I wonder if positivity, right? Like, I admire people who are positive all the time because I just, man, that's just something that I don't have. I mean, clearly people listen to this podcast, and they know that about me. But I think the positivity that Russ is all about in the face of the terrible play that they have right now, I think it just rubs teammates wrong and it rubs the fan base wrong. Do you think I'm onto something here?
2: Yeah, I can kind of it can kind of wane on the on the uh whole team on the whole clubhouse there but uh like i said before there's been a ton of injuries on this team hackett's been absolutely atrocious and they need to find a, a good play caller next year hire him in because it's obvious hackett's never going to be a head coach ever again for the rest of his life <laughs> so uh they need to get some guys healthy they've had you know judy hamler and alberto out this year and uh you know hopefully uh Russ can bounce back next year, but yeah, he's he's definitely not playing well this year. But passing is down everywhere this year. I mean, if you really look at it, other than Mahomes and and, and Burrow and Josh Allen, I mean, two having a good year too. But like passing yardage is way down everywhere. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens next year with Denver. It's been a, a complete train wreck with them though this year.
1: I like it, though. You're 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 preaching patience here. You used to be so anti the Seattle teams that had Russ at quarterback, but you would always stick up for Russ, and so I love that that's continuing. You, you, you could probably buy up a lot of stock from people on Russell Wilson pretty cheap right now, Mr. Williams, if you want to hold on to some of that, and he does have that bounce back that you're talking about next year. All right, I've vamped enough to let you gather yourself here. We got one last handicap from you, Mr. Williams. What do you got for us on Titans the Eagles?
2: All right, so you know that I have a regular season bet on the Eagles. Most wins. This bet is about to blow your mind because I'm about to do something that I've never done on this podcast. I am taking the Titans plus four and a half. Mind is blown here. So I, I never like to take whoa, this
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. The Tennessee Titans coached Tennessee? by Mike Vrabel. This is the team you're taking. I'm taking them. I never like to take this Titans team, but this is one time where I think this is the perfect time to take them. We talked that the NFL is a week to week sport, week to week handicapping. And since 2014, from week 12 on, teams that only have one loss or fewer, they're only nine and 23 against the spread to close the season, including five and 21 against the spread when not laying double digits. That's what we have here with Philly. You get a team that's, that's kind of overvalued in the market. And the Titans are number one versus run DVOA. That's what Philly likes to do. <clears throat> v- Vrabel 21-7 and seven and gets a spread in his career as a dog of at least three points. And he's covering by over seven points a game. So give him credit there. If I want any team in a one-score game, it's this Titans team which I've called it luck. You can call it great and call it whatever you want. They almost covered last week. Did you see this when Derek Henry ran it like 74 yards, he fumbled. And of course one of their wide receivers recovered it in the end zone. <laughs> it's just like this, te- this team just that's just completely- how
1: Vrabel drew it up. I think it's yeah. about high time. You give Rabel his respect.
2: <laughs> it's just, this team just co- completely just runs so hot, except when they play Cincy that that's, that's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, you know, Goddard is a big loss in the red zone for Philly and they still, Philly still won't have big defensive tackle Jordan Davis back yet. We saw what uh, uh, Jordan Reader did with the uh, with the Bengals' defensive big defensive tackle stopping uh, Tennessee's run last week. I don't think Philly can do that without Jordan Davis healthy. So uh, he he's supposedly going to come back in the next week or two, and uh, you know help that uh, Philly rush D. But uh, one last thing here, AFC dogs. AFC is just dominating the NFC this year. AFC dogs are 14 and seven against the spread versus NFC opponents. We're getting uh, not only three, but a key number four here, plus four and a half. One, one time only, probably I'm going to take the Titans plus four and a half here against Philly. I'll tell you what, man, we are
1: the first day of December is when we were recording this podcast. And it is a Christmas miracle. Williams has taken the Tennessee Titans and he almost was willing to give them credit and not just say that they are lucking out. I mean, my mind, is absolutely blown. Got
2: to adjust. Got to adjust.
1: Not so blown, though, that I'm going to forget about the Tom Cruise game, which I have been prone to do in the past. Last week, we went with Cincinnati v these very Tennessee Titans we just spoke about. That was the Tom Cruise game last week. All right, I'm back. I lost, I lost something there. My screen went crazy on me. As I was saying, the game last week between Cincinnati and Tennessee was not great, okay? Here's a Tom Cruise movie that a lot of people are going to tell you is great. A lot of people think... He maybe should have won an Academy Award for this movie. But here's the thing about this movie. It ultimately is pretty hard to understand and what's really going on, and it's kind of a bummer. And then out of nowhere, frogs rain from the sky. All right? So we're going with Magnolia. That's what we're going with for Cincinnati, Tennessee. Maybe it was important. The Bengals continue to win. Maybe they're the third-best team in the AFC. Tennessee showed their grit. So, okay, fine. Tell me Magnolia's important. But, Jimmy. When was the last time you watched Magnolia? And have you ever thought to yourself, you know what I need to fire up right now? Magnolia. Never in my life have
3: I thought I need to fire up Magnolia.
1: I do want to ask a question, though.
3: Where were the frogs involved in the Cincinnati-Tennessee game? I I, I think I missed that on SportsCenter.
1: That's what I mean, right? The the, the frogs (laughs) falling out of the sky, Magnolia make no sense. And there were so so many plays by the Tennessee Titans in that game that made absolutely no sense. You know what I mean? There's just, just a lot of chaos going on there. Chris, your thoughts on Magnolia being last week's cruise game of the week?
0: I actually think that uh, Magnolia may be worse than that game, but that's just because I'm a Cincinnati (laughs) fan and don't like Tennessee. Uh, But yeah, I don't know who out there thinks Magnolia is a good or great movie for that matter.
1: Well, I mean, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson thing. You know those guys. You know, uh, God rest his soul, Jake Williams, former uh, friend of this podcast, he would be uh, disgusted right now with my take that Magnolia is a bad movie. He was a big time Paul Thomas Anderson guy, right? Because those film nerds, they love anything he does, right? Yeah,
0: no, you're right. If you're a film nerd, you probably do love it, but that's no.
1: (laughs) I am absolutely with you. So we are going to soldier on. Again, I tend to put the kiss of death on any game when I make it the Tom Cruise Game of the Week. But with that said, we are going to go and get a little Williams magic for the Tom Cruise Game of the Week, if you will. We are going to take... Mr. Williams's San Francisco 49ers versus the Miami Dolphins. So hopefully we can get some Tua fireworks. Maybe we can get some Tyreek fireworks. We're going to have Mike Shanahan squaring off against his pupil, Mike McDaniel. I mean, there's going to be running schemes that are sure to make Williams gleeful. Mr. Williams, your thought on this game?
2: Yeah, I was hoping you would you would pick this game. This is uh, I told Chris this is the game that should have been Sunday flexed, uh, Sunday Night Football. They should have flexed this game out uh, or in, and then oh, absolutely, flexed. take that Colts team out of yeah, there. They're not going to do the it because of Dallas' be
1: rating at all times. But that Colts team is terrible, and thank God they lost last week.
2: Shame on the NFL, man. This this should be Sunday Night. There's so many storylines in this game. Uh, one big one is the injury to left tackle D- Taron Armstead for the Dolphins. When he plays, Tua gets pressured on 26% of dropbacks. When he doesn't play, Tua gets pressured on 54% of dropbacks, and we know how good San Francisco's uh, defensive line is. Uh, Dolphins' 29th EVOA defending short passes. That's exactly what the Niners and Shanahan like to do. Meanwhile, the Niners are second at defending short passes. I think Tua and Miami are going to try and get the ball out quick with uh, No. no Armstead. So. Uh, this this is going to be a fascinating game i wish armstead was playing because i think miami would have a better chance these are two of my favorite teams uh this year so this this should be a fun one let's hope i mean we're still trying to
1: get the elusive top gun we're still trying to get a days of thunder we're still trying to maybe get a Tropic thunder which is a movie tom cruise only appears a couple of times in but it's absolutely fabulous work by him and the movie overall is just hilarious great stuff so we haven't reached those levels yet but jimmy what do you think our chances are hitting one of those top three levels out of this game i think we've got
3: it this has got to be a great game i am a little worried about william stat there with the uh left tackle being out that that concerned me earlier when i heard it this week so i think we're we're okay rod we're okay
1: we're good all right and chris out of out of those three movies top gun days of thunder tropic thunder which movie is number two in your opinion because we all know what number one is
0: I, I'm gonna have to say for Tom Cruise, Days of Thunder. Like, yeah Yeah, Tropic Thunder was hilarious in that cameo he did the, the those little skits, but like like
1: Days of Thunder is legendary. Oh Robert know? duvall Carrie Ells. I mean you just you just you got great stuff, Nicole Kidman, you know, there's just great stuff going on in Days yeah, of Thunder. I'm
0: with you. It's great. It is fantastic. It literally got me interested in NASCAR for quite a long time.
1: Well, I mean, I, was, I mean, that's where you ended up working on. Whose pit crew was it? Was it Dick Trickle? Were you in Dick Trickle's pit crew? <laughs> uh, actually, it started
0: out with uh, uh, Labonte, and then I went to Dick Trickle's.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about good old Terry Labonte there. Those were good days. Those were good days. All right, Mr. Williams, we got your three picks. You were playing Hurt for us. We absolutely appreciate it. But Jimmy Jam is going to take over and run the fast break here. So we will say goodbye to you, Mr. Williams, till uh, till next week. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And when we come back, we are going to do the NBA in 15 minutes or less with a question mark. Jimmy will be leading the way on the fast break next.
3: Right, it's time for the fastest 15 minutes in NBA podcasting. It's the fast break. Rod and Chris are here, and we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about our team, the Sacramento Kings, who are 7-3 and three in their last 10, 11-9 overall. Gentlemen,
1: how excited are we for our Kings? I just, I want to get, do they think you can go to the Kings website and get your own beam? for your house, like your own like <laughs> mini beam that you can put up on a TV somewhere. I would love to have my own beam that I can light up every time Sacramento wins. Chris, do you have your flag out? Uh, mine is on
0: order and it should arrive here in, in the next couple days. And I will be letting that fly majestically outside my outside my patio. You
1: you know, Jimmy, let me some- ask you this question about the Kings real quick. Why do you yeah. think the Lakers didn't want Malik Monk like what do you think about what Malik Monk's doing for the Kings right now the Lakers didn't want
3: well uh, they didn't want someone who could play basketball uh, and I just think the Lakers they needed to watch the money remember that that family it's all about the Lakers they don't have any other outside interests so they needed to watch it and they made a very very bad decision to not bring him back
1: yeah, he's just he's, he's cooking off the bench. You know what I mean? He's, I'm dating myself here, but Vinny Microwave Johnson, right? Like one of the most famous off-the-bench guys. Jamal Crawford, a little more modern-day, right? He's just cooking off the bench.
3: And the Kings are really deep. They have 11 guys that are averaging more than 10 minutes in a game, and you can really do a lot of things. You can adapt very well when you have that. But, uh, Chris, let's talk about De'Aaron Fox right now. Someone who was kind of just put away the last couple of years. Uh, this is a bonus. Uh, Fox tandem has done well. Fox is averaging 24 points a game, um, really becoming that leader they need. Talk to me about De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, that tandem we got.
0: It has been, it was one of those rare occasions that trade last year that sent Sabonis out there, Halliburton to the Pacers, that, that really worked out great for both teams. Uh, Fox has a, a big man to run, pick, and roll with. He can pop out. He has range. He can drive. Uh, They're the perfect complement for each other. That's why you've seen Fox's assists stay above six all season. Um, It's just been a phenomenal partnership between the two. And that that trade that sent Sabonis out there is exactly what he needed. He didn't fit in, unfortunately, that great with Indiana, um, especially with Turner still down low. But Sacramento, it works. Shout out to the Pacers
1: here, though. Shout out to the Pacers here
0: on that.
3: I was just going to say, Rod, if you are the Kings, do you do that trade again? Because Halliburton, last time I checked, has ascended to another level. He has got all NBA written all over him in the future here. If you're the Kings, do you do that again?
1: I think you do, actually, because okay. I think that what De'Aaron Fox is giving you now, he would not be able to give you if Tyrese Halliburton was on that team. They had a little bit of your turn, my turn mentality going on with that squad, and I think Sabonis just unlocks enough with his elbow and secondary playmaking that it allows De'Aaron to to be a little more free and uh, get a few more shots up in a, a more ideal position. So I think that's one of those trades that they actually, just like Chris said, worked for both teams. But you got to think the Pacers, it goes even deeper. Paul George says to them, I want out of town, so the Pacers have a gun to their head, which is a situation where you get a bad deal so often. They make this deal with Oklahoma City to get Sabonis, who nobody knew much about at the time other than his dad was famous, and Oladipo, who everybody was like, what? What's with this guy? Oladipo comes to the Pacers, lights it up for about three years. The Pacers get rid of him and get a few assets back. Then they trade Sabonis and get Halliburton pair him with Matherin and the Pacers are what 12 and 10 right now, like fourth or fifth in the Eastern conference when everybody thought they were tanking. It's just, it's great to see both of these teams that were involved in that trade last year. It worked out for them. Matherin might end up, Matherin might end up being both rookie of the year and six man of the year.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You can keep dreaming they're a Pacers fan, but that, that uh, maybe, maybe one of the two, I don't know that six man of the year might be a little tough. I want to go though. To uh, my face, and we actually have two faces of the month. We have the players of the month in the NBA. We have Booker and Tatum. We've talked a lot about Tatum on this podcast, but Phoenix Suns, 15-6 and six overall. Uh, Booker's 29-4-5. and five. He's had a couple of 40-plus points. He had a 51-point game the other night. If you are the Suns, how crazy has this offseason been to the first part of the season until now? You have your first place overall in the West, and you've got Chris Paul, who's kind of, Transforming into a little bit different role, Rod. Moving forward, are you buying the Suns
1: for the rest of the season, or are you thinking they're going to sputter out? I think I have to buy the Suns because yep. Devin Booker not only did he do fifty-one the other night, but he was twenty or twenty-five shooting. He only got up twenty-five <laughs> shots, and he shot eighty percent, and he still got fifty-one. I mean, he's he's on a ridiculous level right now. He's a guy that I think he gets listed at like six-four, six-five, but he just seems to play bigger. Because last night he was just getting shots over guys. He was he was out of control. And I think Chris Paul right now, the the role he's playing is injured, right? Like the Phoenix Suns are basically just lying to us about Chris <laughs> Paul's injury. Like something serious is going on with him and they're not saying anything about it. But I think that's fine. Let Chris Paul sit on ice for a while. Don't bring him back till even after the All-Star game. We know what Chris Paul's about. We know that he's going to be there in the clutch situations. What surprises me the most about those Suns is that DeAndre Ayton, is showing up to play. And he was the one that I was the most worried about, right? He's still pretty young, and, you know, things didn't go his way. He didn't get the contract. Maybe he actually did think about being an Indiana Pacer for a little while. The Pacers come up again here. But he's still killing it for him out there on the floor. And Mikael Bridges, don't call me Miles Bridges anymore, absolutely, no. under any circumstances. But Mikhail, <laughs> while he doesn't put up huge fantasy numbers, because I own him as a fantasy player, he's still really solid for that team. Plays every game, plays a bunch of minutes fill stat sheets and can get you at least 16 to 21 most nights. And that's, that's pretty solid for them right now. Yeah.
0: You got bridges. You got bridges and Booker that are both almost 40 or 50, 40, 90 type shooters right now. The efficiency coming out of those two is unreal. Chris,
3: if I told you Deandre eight was going to average 30 minutes a game, 17 points, but that's, he's had a lot more higher uh, points than that. Um, if I told you 29 minutes a game, 17 points before the season started, could you believe that? After everything that happened,
0: no, I really didn't. I thought maybe 20 to 23 minutes a game, maybe averaging like the low double double, 12 and 10, something along those lines. But but he's he's putting in work. He's he's putting in effort, and they're giving him minutes. I mean, they made the investment. They got to put them on the floor realistically. I'm just glad that for whatever reason, it's working. Let's just hope I'm that doesn't that, change. Glad
3: that, glad that he and Monty are texting right now. And Chris, uh, that, that brings me to my heel of the week. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this because I know you have a lot to say. Uh, it's the 11-11 and 11 Golden State Warriors starting... Oh, forward point forward. Draymond green is back in the news for negative, uh, interactions with people. Shall we say, Chris, talk to me about my heel of the week here.
0: He got fined 25 grand by the (laughs) league again, this time for having an out with a fan during the game while free throws are being shot. It's just have a little bit of class. Like, You know you're the heel of the NBA almost all the time, no matter where you're playing at. You know you're going to have people hollering at you. At this point in your career, you got to be man enough and big enough to not interact with the fans. You know the NBA is going to come after you, and that's exactly what happened.
3: Ignorance. Rod, how is uh, Draymond going to blame new media for this interaction that he had with the fans?
1: he's not going to blame new media but he's going to make sure that the narrative coming out of him and people who are otherwise pro Draymond will be well what about these fans behavior we really got to rein in these fan behavior they're going to do their best to make sure that we're talking an awful lot about fan behavior in association with his situation that's my prediction
3: okay and wait a minute the music is, is, is coming it's time for the Rod Nation of the
1: week we completely let them off the hook. Then magically he has absolutely nothing to say. How could they possibly understand courtside Karen? My well, random nation of the week this week has a uh, bit of a, a bit of an interesting flair to it. I am definitely still angry at somebody, but the reason that I'm angry at them is quite humorous. I'm angry at PJ Tucker for deciding to make two three-pointers last night before we taped this evening. Because had he not done that, he would have only scored 20 points for the entire month of November, okay? P.J. Tucker is essentially getting paid to do cardio out there for the Philadelphia 76ers, (laughs) all right? There are many nights where P.J. Tucker is not even taking a shot. Now, does he play defense better than I ever could? Absolutely. Does he rebound better than I ever could? For sure he does. Is he a pretty solid passer? Yes. Is he one of the greatest guys in the locker room? According to other NBA players, he is. So I can't do any of those things. But I can go out and play 32 minutes a night and not attempt a shot as well. My man, P.J. Tucker doing cardio, getting paid big bucks. Keep getting those checks, PJ, but it's Rod damnation of the week. Cause I'm jealous.
3: Chris, talk to me about PJ Tucker. Uh, Rod apparently hasn't seen the past uh, five years of PJ Tucker. Cause that's all he's done is cardio. Uh, what do you think about PJ Tucker?
0: <laughs> he, listen, he is the triple single all-star and he's been like that for a long time. You, you guys have heard me on this cast a lot of times talking about Draymond Green and his triple singles, but he is an amateur compared to PJ Tucker. I think right now, right now, he's averaging more rebounds than points, and his rebounds are at four. Uh, so his, I think his, uh, what's his usage? His usage is six point six percent. Like, like they don't even pass him the ball or allow him to do
1: anything. He's strictly out there for space and guys play are defense. Right. You guys are right that PJ's been doing this for a couple of years, but we're on a whole nother level here. I mean, Miami used to make him run stuff at the elbow a little bit every once in a while, and he got up a couple more corner threes on that Miami team. Now, certainly when he ended with Philadelphia with Milwaukee that year that they won the championship, they didn't want him to shoot either, so he did this kind of stuff with them. But this is like historic low-level efficiency for a guy who basically plays 32 minutes a night. It's insane. I'm not going to lie.
3: My boss would love it if I gave him 6% efficiency. That's all I'm saying there. Um, <laughs> So last week uh, for the King's Hardwood Hierarchy, we had the Celtics as the King, the Bucks as the Queen, the Kings and Pacers, our Sacramento Kings, thank you very much, as the Prince and the Hornets were the Jester. Let's hit the music and let's hear from Chris Kings on his King's Hardwood Hierarchy.
0: Of course, the Celtics are still the king. Listen, there's they've won five in a row, nine out of the last ten. I mean,
1: one hundred and twenty-one point nine points per one hundred possession, the best (laughs) offense the NBA has ever seen.
0: Yeah, like it's 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 insane how how good this team is, and they They are are almost.
1: 50 40 90 as a team, like you talked about last night, yeah. Chris. It's, still, it's right? insane. <laughs> it's crazy, right?
3: DJ so, Tucker
0: is not on the Celtics. So right.
1: so they are <laughs> still the king.
0: With that team. Yeah, and boy. I I am really starting to see a trend where they may be king for a long time. Um I am going to put, and we already talked about him a little bit, the Phoenix Suns as the queen. Um and then I'm going to put the Bucs as the Prince. They're neck and neck. Uh, the Bucks defense is is by far the best in the league. Uh, Lopez, Giannis are probably
1: Is Lopez both. an all-star? I love that you brought Lopez up there. Is Lopez an all-star, Jimmy?
3: I think you have to put him in. He's just having a, a, another – I mean, can you say it's a resurgence if he's continuing just to, when he's healthy, be
0: really, really good?
3: If he his makes defense is going to be 10 up.
1: years, it'll be 10 years between all star appearances. That's got to be some kind of record.
0: Yeah, that's wow. crazy. He's definitely probably the best defensive player at his position, just like Yana is at his. And I mean, that puts him as a front runner for defensive player of the year, if you ask me right now. I know we're only a quarter of the way through the season, but it's still crazy good. But they're the prince because as good as their defense is and as good as Boston's offense is, they may be the best offense and best defense, but they're like Milwaukee's offense is not that great. Boston's defense has room for improvement, but Phoenix has a top five offense and a top five defense, and they're playing out of their minds as well. They've won six in a row, so that's why they're the queen.
1: Well, this thing could switch, though, Jimmy, because speaking of music, whose music yeah. do we hear up there in Milwaukee? I believe Chris Middleton is scheduled to possibly play uh, Friday if this podcast comes out for you, or the night before this podcast comes out if it hits on Saturday.
3: Yeah, Chris Middleton is going to be back, and that's just going to – it's going to take – now, listen, calm down, everyone. Wu-Tang, just calm down a little bit. Give the guy, like, two weeks. He's got to get his feet underneath him. He's got to get back. But they are going to start gelling in that two-week time frame and watch out for the Milwaukee Bucks, A team that I know will not be playing as well as the Milwaukee Bucks. is Chris's jester. Chris, who's your jester
0: this week? It's the San Antonio Spurs. Oh. You lose you lose nine in a row. You are the joke of the NBA. All right. And San Antonio actually had a, a decent start to their season playing around five hundred ball, like in the playoff picture early. But they are like six and sixteen now. They lost nine in a row. They have literally stopped playing defense. And <laughs> It's just, it's just, uh, it's just a
1: sordid sight to see, Jimmy. What do you think's going on with Pop here? He's got the record, he's got the championships, he won the gold medal. Like, what do you think's going on with Pop? Why is he doing this? I think he just wanted to coach, you know, have have an opportunity to really
3: get people to do in, in the right habits and teach a younger group, and they're going to get even younger because they're going to trade a couple of their players here coming up very soon, um, but. I think that's kind of what he wanted to do. And then maybe after this year, kind of, it depends. I think it went by it went by Yama. He's, he ain't going anywhere, but um, maybe after this year, kind of, kind of go off to the, to the sunset.
1: Chris, let me ask you a question. Am I allowed to ask if, if another team might've been up for consideration? Are you, are you giving any thought to the uh, Chicago Bulls being near the jester at any point here? Things are not looking good in Chicago and they just got absolutely steamrolled the other night. Yeah, let's just they're, – they're on the watch list. We'll put it that way.
0: They, <laughs> they, they, they made it. the watch list.
3: Yeah, the uh, the Suns were not very happy uh, – the Bulls were not very happy after they finished their uh, 132-113 loss to the Phoenix Suns. So we have the King, the Celtics, the Queen, the Suns, the Prince, the Bucks, and the Jester are the Spurs. That is going to do it for – Kings hard word, hard word hierarchy. Hey, it's the only time I've messed that up. Not too bad there. Rod, before we leave, anything else you'd like to add for the fast break?
1: I, you know, I've. it's just, I find it hard to make Greg Popovich a jester. Chris makes a very good case there. And I guess I can't say they're not a jester, but I would also say that if you're trying to do exactly what they're doing, are you really a jester, right? I mean, you know, I guess jesters knew they were trying to be funny for Kings, but you know, I don't know. I just, Something about San Antonio doesn't seem like a gesture to me. They're, they're doing just fine. Those young guys are getting to play. Popovich is coaching. R.C. Buford's making sure they lose. I think San Antonio's fine. So I am lo- I love the gesture of the week every week, but I just usually I love making fun of the gesture and I find it hard to make fun of the Spurs. That's, that's the last thought I had here at the end of the podcast. Okay, a little positive there from Rod. Chris, anything else before we go?
0: don't lose nine in a row. You won't be considered as a jester.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that is the NBA fast break. Part of the balls and brew podcast on the Morgan, O podcasting network. Rod. Thanks for coming. And Chris, take us home. Goodbye, internet.